Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris. We are broadcasting live from lovely Austin, very warm today, Austin, Texas. So we have been getting a ton of really, I would say, 99% great emails from you guys about the shows that we did last week about the changing market. And um, some of you were shocked. Some of you were angry. And, you know, and, and all these are understandable emotions, to be honest with you. But a vast majority of you were thankful and I thought the thankful ones, I mean, they were really thankful, you know, because a lot of you guys um, were realizing that your markets had shifted, but nobody was telling you. Nobody was saying anything. Nobody was really kind of backfilling your intuitive uh, feel that the markets were shifting. And you may have seen days in the market extending, but everywhere you looked and everyone you talked to, everyone was saying, you know, no problems whatsoever. And, and others of you, you know, you guys were realizing that the market, your markets had been shifting in earnest starting about a year ago, and, and you're still not really in the markets, not really willing to accept the fact that the market's shifting. So, guys, we did our best on those shows to kind of clear the air, give you the information on how you can go about uh, doing your own homework to find out the nature of the true health of your real estate markets. Hopefully you all did that. If not, go back and listen to that podcast. We're going to be doing some more shows on what's going on with, um, you know, how you can go. But like, so let's say, for example, you determine you're in a market where, or you're in a price range where the prices are falling, where, you know, there's definitely an absolute turn in the road. You can actually see the turn. It's going to be something that a lot of the people in your real estate market are not going to be prepared for. So we're going to do a podcast, and Julie, please write that down, on what you specifically can do. So we're going to do a radio show that's going to be on, like if you know you're in a market and your market already is adjusting, what you can do to prepare. Then we're going to do two other shows. If you're, if Some of you, a lot of you, are in markets that, frankly, no matter what happens, you're going to be in a very – uh, strong position. There's going to be markets that will be immune to any kind of, um, you know, market correction, just will be. And I've been reading, and Julie and I have been reading a lot of books on, uh, you know, just different times in history where there's been a lot of financial turmoil. And we've even been reading about, uh, the, you know, what's happened across the world, not just the United States, when other countries have gone through, say, inflation or deflation or all these different types of scenarios, right? And in every single book, I'll just this will make a lot of you feel good, I think. In every single book, there are examples where people, even in the darkest of times, the worst news possible about the economy, who were actually doing extremely well. So that was, kind of, you know, that was kind of the ironic thing. A lot of us, when we think of, for example, the Great Depression, we think of food lines and all these, you know, somber-looking people. We look at But here's the, the flip side to it: during the Great Depression, there were just so many fortunes that were made because people were able to adjust to those market conditions. And, and you go all the way back in time, or you go all the way forward in time, up into this last recession, the same thing had happened. So what causes the confusion in a lot of you, and what causes the stress in a lot of you, is your belief, or, or maybe your lack of belief, in your, in your own ability to be successful no matter what direction the market's going. That's what we want you guys to understand. So there is no one U.S. housing market. 
even in your own market, there's no one housing market. There's micro markets everywhere. And, and two, or three, rather, you can make money no matter what direction that the housing market is going. It, so where you have to go with all this information is you're going to have to adjust your mindset. 99% uh, of you are, because some of you are going to be in these immune markets. But you're going to have to adjust your mindset to realize that you're going to need to be able to service more than one kind of client. You're going to need to be able to service the, you know, the downsizing baby boomer, the first-time buyer generation, uh, you know, the generation Y. You're going to need to service the underwater owner. You're going to need to service the, or or you won't, or you'll decide that you don't want to do that, and you're okay with just focusing on your particular niche. I get all of that, but what our job is as a coach is to tell you the things you guys don't want to hear when you don't want to hear it, uh, so you can prepare. You know, as we've been saying continuously. You've got to hope for the best, you've got to prepare for the worst. Hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And when you do that, you're going to find that no matter what's around the corner, you're not going to have that confusion. You're not going to have that feeling of fear. You're going to have confidence. And that confidence, that knowing what's going to, preparing yourself, will actually make you uh, a thousand times more attractive to potential clients. It's when people are confused, agents in particular. I mean, I remember Julie and I, it was 2008. And we knew prices were dropping, and we were looking at investment properties. And we were in California, actually, looking for investment properties. And we went and looked at this house, and we, we knew that it was overpriced. And we knew the process prices were dropping. And as we were walking out of the, the uh, you know, driveway, the realtor comes out of the second-story balcony, and she goes, you know, this is 2008, remember? She shouts us, and she I goes, totally next time remember you see this. it, it's going to be... Yeah, right. What would you say? Next time you see it, it's going to be a million. You know, it was like yeah, no, 900 like or something. Yeah, it was like 800000 or something. Yeah, and, and, and we looked yeah. at each other like, uh-huh, sure, well, you're already overpriced. What are you thinking? You know, but yeah. at the and, time, in her mind, she was still living in the boom and had not yet reconciled the change in the market. Right, exactly. And so that's where we don't want you to be. We want you to be okay no matter what the direction goes. We want you to have the information and the knowledge. And that's really the reason that we created the Real Estate Coaching Essentials Program. And that's the reason also we made it so affordable. You know, in addition to all the normal things you get part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials, guys, you're also getting all the short sale information. You're also getting all the REO information, all the BPO information. You're getting all the information you need to do to adjust to any market. And remember, this is the same exact system that's used by some of the top agents in all the the most expensive markets in the country. So even if you're selling really expensive real estate, our pre-listing pack, our listing presentation, all this content is perfect for any kind of market, even an adjusting market. The information is also designed so that it can scale. So if you want to build a team, you can use this Real Estate Coaching Essentials information as your backbone. If you guys want to receive more information about that, just fill out the box. That's, if you're on your mobile device, fill out the box that's below. And when you do, we'll also send you our three books, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, Real Estate Treasure Map, and your 12-month lead generation plan. You'll get those books for free, no strings attached. And then you'll, someone from our team will call you back, answer any questions you have about the program. The program is extremely affordable. It's only $99 a month if you use the student approval program. It's a six-month program, but we give you six additional months for free. And this is a coaching program. Remember, you get a real live coach. That's right. For that amount of money, you get a real live coach, and you get four semi-private coaching calls per month that are led by Julie. So, Julie, let's talk. So, go ahead and fill out that form, and then someone from our office will call you back. Julie, let's talk about 
Um, the show's topic today is we're picking up where we left off last week when we're talking about teams, to team or not to team, which is a very salient conversation, especially in a changing market. So we're going to go back to our points. We're talking about level three today. But before we do, Julie, I think you had an email you wanted to read from one of our yes. listeners or one of our coaches. I, did, somebody? I do. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Coach Bill Bird, one of our great California coaches. And, you know, I coach the coaches, as you know. Many of my coaching calls are coaching the coaches to coach our clients uh, because our goal and I think, I hope uh, that we're doing it, is that we have the best coaches in the country. So I work hard to provide that. And Bill had mentioned this client, Joseph Fair, P-H-A-I-R, who lives in San Diego. And our big goal was to get him not just a deal, but to turn him into a listing agent and to really kickstart his business. He was a, a newer licensee and needs money now. I'm sure some of you guys listening, that resonates with you. And so I just got an email from Bill that said, uh, this was actually forwarded from coaching client Joseph Fair. So if you guys have referrals for San Diego, Joseph Fair is your guy, P-H-A-I-R. And it's a simple little email. It says, got a new listing today. The one I told you about today from simply following up with open house leads. Thanks for your help. So many of you guys come to us without huge marketing budgets. So we put you on something called the survival, gui the survival plan that has some very specific action items that don't cost you one red cent. Well, that's what the coaches work on when you're in that condition, and it, it doesn't last forever. But some of you go back to it, you, you pass through that, and one of the things is not just holding open houses, but doing it in such a way that you monetize them. We teach you an open house system with open house scripts, open house lead follow-up scripts. What do you say? How quickly do you follow up? What do you do for those clients? And guess what? A lot of you guys think open houses are just to find buyers. Joseph just took a listing from it. So I just had to point that out, and nice job to Coach Bill Bird getting him there. Back to you, Tim. Actually, when, and when you were reading that, I found something I wanted to read to our listeners as well. This is an excerpt from an email I received from a listener. Um, okay, so with the anticipation of more than $171 billion in HELOC and 313,000 estimated HAMP modification resets, assets currently held in pre-sell. Now, if you guys have been in REOs, I know half of you are newer agents, and I'll decipher all this. <laughs> to you in a second, but just remember these numbers. Assets held in pre-sale are being allocated for resale to in-network listing brokers and agents. Several banks, including Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, and others are work working diligently to process as many files as possible. All right, here's what this means. Please, please, please listen to what I'm saying. Now, again, half of you weren't in the business back when during the last crash happened. The other half of you, you know you wish you would have gotten in on the REO uh, opportunity earlier. You know that you are, most of you, too late to start becoming REO agents. It literally is a first-come, first-served thing. Oh, Julie, we need to do another show on the equator changes, too. As boring as a topic as that is, we do need to do that. Right? Say that again. You were right. breaking okay. up. What changes? Equator. Equator. Oh, equator. equator. Yes, it's on my list. You yes. got it. Yep. Okay, good. So, so here's what this means. Um, what you're hearing right now is a 313,000 temporarily HAMP-modified mortgages are coming up for reset. The banks are anticipating that those people will default. The banks are ordering BPOs in anticipation of those houses becoming REOs. We, included in the Real Estate Coaching Essentials Program, give you the list of the REO or how to basically become REO agents. We tell you what your resume has to look like. We give you all the phone numbers and the contact information. All that's included. And it's just been updated. It's actually being continuously updated every day. So if you're in a, any major market 
you might look into the MLS and you might look into different sources and you might not see a lot of notice of defaults. But if you have access to the BPOs, you're going to see tons and tons of new BPO orders being uh, requested. And all those BPOs, for the most part, that are being ordered are anticipation of the banks doing foreclosures. Guys, there cannot be any clearer indication that the market's shifting more than BPOs. So, so if you've been listening to Julie and I forever, you know I'm telling you the 100% truth. So you've got to get in front of that. Don't wait until all the other agents are talking about it in like a, you know, a year and a half, how they want to become REO agents. Do it now. Real Estate Coaching Essentials includes all that information. Okay, here's another excerpt from another email. I like this one too. I did more door knocking on Friday and Saturday. I found a mixed bag of most of them were part of the earlier modified loans and now have reset and they can't keep up on their payments. Just as what we were talking about. One guy who lived in a multi-million dollar home has been playing the game for many years. We had to wait to get out our car, our car to talk to him and he was given his gardener direction for his home, I guess. Two had already been abandoned and some were being rented out. About 70% of them uh, had equity too. We, uh, we are tracking our accounts. In other words, he's tracking how many doors he, counts, uh, he knocks on for what he gets as a result. It's wide open. Nobody else has door knocked these people. I also polled a few agents this weekend and asked what they're seeing in the market. Uh, they were, were all clueless, and I won't say who this is from, so he won't be accused of calling agents clueless, but I'll call them clueless because a lot of agents are clueless unless they're listening to this radio show. They're all clueless and think they won't have a repeat of what happened in 2008. I have a feeling though it feels just like 2007 to me. And it does, but worse, to be honest with you, depending on your market. Again, some of you are going to be immune, and you're going to be in rock-solid markets where you're going to have no real setbacks. And matter of fact, you might be in markets where people with money actually start migrating as a, a place to keep their wealth. Coastal properties, prime properties in New York, prime properties in Miami. If you look back during the recession, a lot of those markets never actually had a setback. You know, so you've got to, again, study your market. Now, not everyone, again, please do not overreact. Keep your emotions between the lines. Realize that, you know, there will be market opportunities for you no matter what direction prices are going. And in your market on a whole, there will be hot seller's market, there will be stone-cold buyer's markets, and there'll be a lot in between. Most of it will be in between. What we want you to do is have the tools necessary to basically serve any kind of seller, any kind of buyer, no matter what's going on. That is our focus of this podcast, okay? So I'm kind of summarizing a lot of the emails that Julie and I have been responding to for the last few days, and a lot of you guys get it. You understand it. You're realizing this is probably going to be a huge opportunity for you as long as you're willing. Now, some of you are going to say, the hell with it. I ain't living through this again. I'm out. You know what? And that's fine. <laughs> if you want to get, if that's your decision, it, it, I know some of you are going to do that. As soon as basically the market starts to turn, obviously, if you're in one of these markets that's going to be, you know, hit hard and you don't want to be in real estate, go for it. You're, you Just know, God bless sure you. Just make sure you can afford to make that statement. If you're not yet in yes, that position, exactly. you'll know what to do after listening to our podcast. So just be careful. Yes. You know, sometimes we make those statements without the financial viability to back it. And if you guys are in that position, and many of you made tons of money during the last recession, and kudos to you for being in that position, you'll be able to do real estate with the deals and the clients that you want to. You can be picky. But for everyone else, we have to watch our spokes. And, you know, we've always talked about having multiple spokes of business. That's all we're talking about right now. We're just modifying what types of business you're able to go after and giving you the versatility to recognize, hey, you know what, if things change on me, I don't want to be in a position to say, no, I, I'm not going to pursue that because that's a little scary to me and I've never dealt with it before, or I don't want to deal with that again. 
you may not have that luxury of being able to pick and choose. We're here to make sure that you're watching that and that you're prospecting and following up on and marketing to the appropriate sources of business based on what your goals are. So hopefully that makes sense, Tom. And the last bit that Julie said is really important. You have to be really clear on what your goals are because if you, you might find that you really can essentially uh, – Build a phenomenal business just focusing on maybe two spokes in your business, in your market. Maybe you can focus on an upper-end area and you can focus on a move-up area. And let's say you're living in like Washington, D.C., where there's going to be a lot of moving in and moving out and all the rest of it. And even if the economy completely falls on its face, you are probably going to be right as rain. No worries whatsoever. You're going to be reading in the New York Times and other places how bad the economy is and how bad everything else is around the country. And you're going to be – it's going to be all, you know, beautiful – spring flowers and unicorns poop and rainbows. I mean, you literally could be in markets where now and others of you are going to be, you know, not in those situations. So it's really critical that you know where you know the health of your market. Go look to see how your market reacted during the last downturn. Chances are it's going to react exactly the same way. Uh, and then, yeah, guys, see the opportunity everywhere because that's truly what it is. All right, Julie, let's pick up where we left off. We were talking about teams, um, and you guys go listen to the last team call we did. Uh, you can kind of get a more, I think, well-rounded um, understanding of really what a team is. And, and I want to pick up where we left off, but I want to start with one prevailing thought. Uh, so this is the mindset shift for a lot of you need to have when regards to scaling your business. Two thoughts. Number one, you don't have to scale your business. You don't have to add a team. You don't have to add staff. You don't have to build your business at, in, in the sense that, you know, at building and scaling a team. That isn't necessary for all of you, depending on what your financial goals are. So don't think you're a failure just because you're not on that path. That's really important. Don't think you're a failure just because you look at that and you say, you know what, I didn't get into real estate to then have to hire a bunch of real estate agents and run an adult daycare. You know, maybe that's not for you, and that's okay depending on your own personal financial goals. That's number one. Number two, you have to do everything around profit. Profit is the main uh, predetermined or should be for every business decision that you make. And here's where it gets hard. Very, very few modern business books, very few modern business philosophies, very few modern business gurus are giving you advice around profit. They'll give you advice around scaling, building, getting big. They won't talk to you about making profit. Notice that. Start filtering everybody you listen to and everything you hear, everything you read, through the idea, what is the focus of who I'm listening to? Is, are they really trying to talk to me about how to drive more money to my bottom line? Or are they talking to me about building a business? And here's the reason nobody talks about profit for the most part. Because it's not as sexy as talking about scaling your business. Everybody wants to talk about market share. I mean, the new catch term is expansion teams and all the rest of it. But have you ever noticed when you listen to these interviews, when you read these things, when you see these people talking from stage, and God bless all of them, have you ever noticed that they never talk about profit? Or if they do, it's an uncomfortable conversation. The reason is, is because a lot of those guys have not designed their businesses around profit. And I'm here to tell you that's an enormous mistake. So to design your business around profit, why is that important? It's simple. Because with the profit you make from your – you will not get rich selling real estate. Write that down. Never forget it. Again, something else nobody will tell you. You do not get rich from selling real estate. You get rich from reinvesting the profit you make from selling real estate. If you're not making a profit from selling real estate, you won't have any money to reinvest. It's simple, right? 
you see that. It's as clear as, you know, it's basically the easiest thought to wrap your minds around. No profit, no money to reinvest. That means you basically are essentially running a team that doesn't drive enough profit home to you, and you're essentially never building any wealth. And you're just stuck on this perpetual hamster wheel of having to constantly build your business. And you go to some more events, you go to some more seminars, you listen to more webinars, and more conversation about building your team, building your team. Again, depending on what your goals are, that might be beautiful for you. We help plenty of people build their teams. Julie and I had a team. Depending on what your goals are, but if your goals are profit, and if that is your primary objective, the decisions that you make and how, about, how you go about building your team are completely different than if you just want to add team members. Julie, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it is it's almost like this crazy, dirty word, profit. Oh, my God, you don't want to talk about money. Well, okay, sorry, but why did you get into this business? So that you could have freedom, and where does freedom come from? Your ability to produce your income, not just now and then, or have you know income spurts, but to actually have cash flow. That's why we talk to you about profit. You're not running a nonprofit. Now, some days you may feel like you're running a nonprofit. We understand. We've walked in your shoes. But by and large, you're in this to create profit for yourself and your family as a result of helping the most people you can help at the highest level you can help them. So as you're considering team or not to team, what size of team, who should be on my team, when or if I should build my team, your prevailing thought has to always go back to profit. And Tim, I've got a real quick example of an agent I just uh, spoke with, Cameron, who also is being coached by Steve uh, Tickholm. And Cameron is kind of between this level two and level three. Today we promised to talk about level three. Now Cameron has 17 pendings right now. Go Cameron, right? I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And she is in a normal Midwestern market. Okay, so she's got 17 pendings. Her listings are still moving relatively quickly. We're struggling to get between five and ten listings at all times. Now, here's the thing. With three closings last week, three closings this week, three new listing appointments this week, and 17 pendings, Cameron's just a little bit busy, as you might imagine. So one of the moves that we did recently is her husband has become her transaction coordinator to help Cameron get back into the appointments, the lead follow-up, the prospecting. And Cameron is a killer prospector, by the way. That's why she has one of the reasons why she has 17 pendings right now. She has no fear of being on the phone, which is great. But here's the thing. The, the thing that Cameron is struggling with between level two and three, and my big question to her today was, is this something that – is this feeling of lack of time management and being super busy all the time and, and really being pulled many different directions because Cam Cameron also has family. She's got lots of different things going on. Is this a lifestyle that you see continuing for 60, 90, or 120 days? Or is this a temporary big push in business where the dust is going to settle? Now, why did I ask her that question? Because it doesn't necessarily make sense to add staff just yet if this is becoming more and more manageable at this higher level for Cameron. Cameron's having her best year ever. So the question is, when and if to move to that level three where you don't just have a transaction coordinator, but you also add a buyer's agent with the thought of being on more listing presentations. And so, you know, we talked about profit being the prevailing thought. And Cameron opted to wait and see if we can get the dust to settle and work with her coach, Steve, to have a better and higher level of time management so that maybe she can keep more money in her pocket and not have to have an additional buyer's agent on the team. Does that make sense, Tim? She's kind of like in this transition, should I do it, shouldn't I do it? And we talked about, you know, the thing is, 
once you start building these expansion teams, they expect to be in the deals all the time. They expect you to spend money and marketing and be busy all the time. They don't expect to only be busy when you're busy, just like a transaction coordinator expects to have a consistent income. All things that we have to so the way we, So the way Cameron, I know you're listening, the way you can stay focused on profit and her, bill, her coach, coach Bill, the way you can keep her focused on profit, Steve, I know for okay. a fact that Steve, yes, I know for a fact Steve does this as well, all of our coaches do, is that you have an annual savings goal. Right, and so for every transaction you do, you save a specific percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, depending on what your overall. You know, if the if the average commission is pretty high, you can even save more than that, depending on your financial situation. But you have a savings goal. Have a savings goal. Have a chart on the wall. Mark how much money. You know, if your goal is to save, you know, fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, five million, whatever it is, and, and then mark it off every time you squirrel some money away, and do that. That'll keep you focused on the profit. And if you then see a closing come in where you don't have the cash flow to actually do any sort of savings off that, then you need to start questioning how you're making your business, business decisions because you're not making business decisions around profit. So that is a very simple, practical way to keep yourself focused on making financial decisions, making business decisions, not making ego-based decisions like a lot of agents do with regards to building these big teams. Right? Exactly. There's nothing inherently wrong with building a team. We're not anti-team. But we're anti-agents running nonprofit businesses. We want you guys to run profit businesses so you can someday have the option of not necessarily having to sell real estate if that's your choice. So with regards to level three, and a level three typical format is the agent, sometimes called the rainmaker, a transaction coordinator, and then one buyer's agent. Um, the transaction coordinator, by the way, a couple of you guys asked questions, how many transactions could a transaction coordinator effectively handle? The answer is, unfortunately, it depends on the individual, but generally speaking, they can easily handle 20 to 30 uh, pendings. So one transaction coordinator can easily handle 20 to 30 files at once. And I say that because the, a lot of the CRM type things that are out there right now are phenomenal. You know, and it makes it very, very simplistic for you to go as a, as a team leader to go and check in on what's going on actually with the transactions. So just remember that. You can hire a transaction coordinator. One transaction coordinator should be able to handle 20 or 30 files at once. And, if you know, that will give you a benchmark. Now, Okay, let me agent, jump in, Tim. You said at once. You're not talking about stretched out over the whole year. You're saying somebody should be no, able to handle all those things files. simultaneously. Yes, Active so files. You, pointed, yes. you pointed out something very important, is that that person actually has a technology assistant through some of the great CRMs that have made it far easier to manage each file. So here's the thing. Some of you have transaction coordinators who are crying and whining to you, handling eight deals at once, that they can't handle anymore. You might have the wrong person. They there should be go. able to handle up to 30 people. <laughs> So maybe the right. issue is not that you need to add different or additional transaction coordinators or different staff. Maybe you just don't have the right person in that position. It's normal for a really great transaction coordinator who is good at their job to handle 30-plus files at once. Remember that they are not going on listing appointments. They are not showing buyers, and that's another big black hole that I see on teams is that you guys sometimes try and do these combination roles where you hired somebody to be a buyer's agent, but if they don't have an appointment today, they're also a transaction coordinator. We definitely do not recommend that. That's a good way to have a lot of disorganization on your team and for you to constantly be hearing that they're overwhelmed and they can't handle anymore. So you've got to be careful with this, especially as you're hiring potentially more people. What if you have two or three less appropriate hires, right? It can create a lot of havoc and cost you a lot of money, which brings us back to our prevailing thought about profit. Back to you, Tim. 
Well, I mean, that's a huge point. So, again, these cloudy positions and, you know, there's your rule. 20 to 30 open files at once, that's what a TC should be able to do. Now, your buyer's agent. A lot of you guys are going to be at the point where you don't have the time to work with buyers. Buyer's agents are the slippery slopes of all the slippery slopes when it comes to wasting money. Because what your buyer's agents are always going to do is tell you they're not, they don't have enough leads and uh, that the leads that you're sending them suck. Those are going to be the two things you're always going to hear from your buyer's agents. Right. So you need to have, when you hire buyer's agents, uh, and this is part of the uh, Real Estate Coaching Essentials coaching program, by the way, we do have a very specific buyer agent 30-day success program. Uh, Make sure that's updated, Ms. Julie. That's something that Gina was Mm -hmm. supposed to put on there with Rochelle's help. So that needs to be on the program. uh, uh, That needs to be what you plug them into as soon as they actually become uh, buyer's agents for you. And what that will do is it puts them in action of doing their own lead generation, holding your houses open, work, you know, calling back your 1-800-HOME hotline leads. Um, maybe in some cases they can use an incredible system like mojosells.com, which you guys know we're huge advocates of, and they can actually do some lead generation prospecting themselves. Maybe they can call back the for sale by owners or the unrepresented owners, as we call them, after you've made initial contact. Get those phone numbers through Mojo. Guys, there's so many different ways that you can basically put your buyer's agent in into the role of lead generating. And the paradigm is that means that buying buyer leads from all the portals and buying buyer leads from all these other great sources, that never ends. So you think to yourself, well, if I generate you know, 20 buyer leads or 30 buyer leads to this buyer's agent, that means it's going to equal one closing. Well, here's where the psychology basically hits a wall. Most agents, and they won't tell you this, are happy as pigs in slop if they've got one or two transactions closed or pending. So as soon as they have one or two deals pending or a certain dollar amount that they've basically got from some big sale that they did, they're not going to be following up on those leads very aggressively. And what, why would they? They don't care because you're going to be providing them more leads. You know, all they got to do is wait for their email to come in or the phone call to come in or the voicemail to come in. They don't have to chase it. They don't put the same value on it. So that's where you start. You know, some of you guys think, well, if I build this team, I'm going to be able to spend less time in my business. This, this, is where the, this is really where a lot of you guys need to wrap your minds. What happens is, is, all right, so you hire a buyer's agent. That might result in you not having to necessarily work with as many buyers, but you're going to have to spend a lot of time spending, uh, you know, training and getting that buyer's agent to do their job. In many cases, depending on your price range, and remember your coach told you this, you're going to be better off and you're actually going to make more profit per buyer side transaction if you take that buyer and you refer that buyer to actually another agent, not on your team. Maybe there's, in every office there's agents that love working with buyers and they're fantastic at it. And those are the agents that if you refer a buyer to that uh, agent, they're going to close that buyer, and the buyer's going to love them. Well, Tim, I'll lose the relationship. So here's what you do. Remember, you had a transaction coordinator at level three. You work a deal with three or four agents in your office. doesn't even have to be in your brokerage, but preferably it is. And then what happens is you send your buyer leads to them, and then if they'll work the buyer. They'll put the buyer in contract, negotiate the contract. And as soon as it's in contract, then your transaction coordinator closes the transaction. You see? That way the relationship starts with you. They called your office directly. They then, the, you know, this independent agent, then work the buyer. And then the file comes back to you. The buyer and the relationship comes back to you, and you close it. Who will they remember? Probably they'll remember you if you're also doing a good job of following up with all your past clients and your centers of influence. What we just described, that simple little thing that took me 45 seconds to say, will save you so much time and anguish. In many, many cases, 
where a lot of agents will start to flounder when they're scaling their teams isn't hiring a transaction coordinator because that's a smart move for a lot of you, but it's when you start adding buyer's agents. That's the black hole of expense, and that's what you have to be very, very mindful of. And again, you'll actually maybe make more profit per transaction if you refer that out. I mean, Julie, we have agents do that all the time, and some agents had huge teams, and we're telling them not to have any yeah. teams, especially in a transitioning market, and to be able to essentially prepare themselves by – having a, you know, an army of independent agents they can refer leads to. And that has worked for all of them, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like having buyer agents on demand. You can do that with transaction yeah. coordination too, by the way. You know, you don't have to have a dedicated TC sitting next to you day in and day out. You can decide that any time you go beyond, say, five pendings at once, your sixth one goes to trustedtc.com, for example. You could decide that you only – do your own transaction coordination for your own past clients and centers of influence. And anybody beyond that, maybe you send to a TC. There's lots of different ways. The point is to be flexible and to recognize what's going on in your own business. This is why every one of our coaching clients sends the vital stats report to their coach prior to every single coaching call so that we know what's actually happening from week to week. We don't wait for it to be month to month or quarter to quarter where we go, oh, you know what, you know what, it seems like you've been kind of slow for 30 days. What are we going to do about that? No, we're on top of it every single week. We force our coaching clients to be on top of it, to know your numbers. Are you profitable this week or are you not? And when a coach sees stagnant numbers where you've got the same number of pendings and the same number of listings and the same buyer names, even one week to the next, we are all over you about what is happening because that's why we call it the vital signs. To us, they may be good numbers, but it's starting to stagnate a little bit. What's happening with that? Some of you will start having to do price reductions where you didn't before. Some of you have to do price reductions only when you hit a certain price range or a certain type of neighborhood or a type of home. So that's why you have a coach. And these are the types of things. We're training you to have a higher level of business maturity so that you have a higher level of profit. That's why you have a coach, so that it's not just you against the world. You've got a co-pilot. That's really how our coaches think of themselves. We're co-piloting your business so that you're not going it alone. I don't know why, having done it, Tim, I mean, why would anybody want to be in this business without someone keeping an eye on the shop, if that makes sense? Personally, so Julie, I think – you guys on appointments. Yeah, go ahead. Julie, I think in the 20-plus in the years you and I have been in the real estate business, because you and I got into the real estate business when we were basically right out of college, bought our first house while we were still in college. So in the 20-plus years we've been in the business, in the industry, I cannot remember a time where there's been – where there's so much confusion. That's the truth. Yeah. Because the agents, these guys listening, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You guys are getting so many conflicting inf- uh, pieces of information. You had one – you know, some coaches and some brokerages are kind of, you're a failure if you don't build a team. Though intuitively, a lot of you realize, well, I don't want to get stuck with that fixed cost. And what Tim and Julie are saying makes sense, but I don't want to be labeled a failure if I don't have a team. Conflict, conflict, right? And then some of you are saying, well, you know what? The whole t- thing that Tim and Julie talk about, about basically having profit so I can read so I can you know, build wealth for myself and my family. That makes sense, too. But when I go to these real estate kumbaya meetings, no talk about profit. Nobody talks about it. Nobody knows their numbers. Conflict, conflict. And then you guys are hearing some of the information about the changing economy or the changing housing market. Your brokerages aren't talking about it. Your office managers aren't talking about it. You're the owners of these big franchises, they're just starting to talk about it. Okay? So conflict, conflict. What we're doing is we are giving you the cleanest, most elegant, 
most, frankly, direct and simple way of actually having a successful real estate business that's designed around, obviously, being of service to other people. That's your prominent thought. But driving a profit, having a profitable business, no matter what direction the real estate market's going. So some of the things we're going to tell you, because they're so, frankly, kind of boring and blunt and direct, they're not going to be in the perfect alignment with all these other types of things that people are telling you. But you now, if you've been listening to us only for a week, you now have enough information floating around your head that you've got to start being your own best coach. You've got to start being your own best, you know, uh, decipherer of information so you can make really smart decisions. Because in a changing market, in a changing economy, if you make the wrong decision, it can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. It can cost you opportunity. That's the reason, guys, we've doubled down on Real Estate Coaching Essentials. We're adding all the BPO information. We're adding the short sale information. We've added the REO information. We're adding the team training stuff. All that is included in this coaching program because we want all of you to be prepared. There is no, okay, well, now that you've joined the program, here's what you really need or here's what you really wanted. It's all there. And if you use the student approval program, it's only $99 a month. And you do get a real live coach. And you do have a weekly semi-private coaching call. This is what a lot of you guys have been looking for. It's a no-brainer. Just fill out that box that's on the screen if you're on your mobile device. Um, or you can also go to the website. I'm trying to remember the name of the website. Um, what is the website, Julie? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Uh, it's not Go Harris, Julie. It's not that. It's, uh, it's something – uh, join Harris. Okay. I'm, I'm being, I'm being, okay. He, join Harris. He's barking at me. Yeah, it's joinharris.com. So if you're on your desktop, just go to joinharris.com and fill out that form, and someone from our team will call you back. Not a long call, 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, answer any questions you might have. And then join the program. It's a six-month program, but we're going to give you six additional months for free. So six months you're in, six additional months you get for free. Guys, nobody else is offering anything like this. Why did we tack on the extra six months? Because we wanted to be with you as the market shifted. Because that's, I think, sometime in the next 6 to 12 months. And you guys watch. Listen to us in a year. Listen to what everybody else is saying in a year. They're all going to be saying what we've been already telling you guys. And, you know, so if you take action on the information that we're giving you, you're going to be ahead of the curve. That's the reason this is the greatest real estate market of our lifetimes, because there's opportunity everywhere. You just got to be the one that's smart enough to take the action to seize it. Julie, anything else you'd like to say to these guys as we round the bend well, on today's show? Well, you just said it. You just said it. Take action. Don't sit on the sidelines and wait for somebody to tell you what to do other than what we're telling you to do. We started out by showing you how to observe what's happening in your marketplace. A lot of the work that I'm doing with the Coaching Essentials class uh, and those great coaching clients is giving you the tools and giving you wings to know what you should be flying towards you know, and, and making your life easier. My job is to shorten the learning curve. We've been there. We've done that. Many of the things that we learned in real estate were by mistake. So we're trying to save you from having to go through those costly mistakes. And, Tim, I think that you really hit it on the head when you said, you know, not paying attention to this and not being flexible and not moving with your market can cost you tons of money. It can cost you – I mean, I, last time around we saw it cost agents their entire career. It cost them their rental properties. It cost them their own home. Don't be asleep at the wheel, guys. We're not saying that you have to all of a sudden, you know, change everything that you're doing. No, we're saying be smart. Pay attention to your business. Pursue the things that are going to allow you to help the most people you possibly can at the highest level you know how, which we coach you to know how, and to continue to do that. Coaches call that lather, rinse, repeat. Isn't what all of you are after not cash spurts but cash flow, not the ability to close X number of transactions in any month, but to do it month after month after month? 
that's what we do. You know, we joke that this is not Tim and Julie's halfway house for wayward realtors. We raise superstars. A superstar to us is somebody who has very specific established goals and knows how to get there via their coach, the treasure map, and everything else we do in essentials, for example, but that they're pursuing that. That's a superstar to us. Depends on what you're after and what your personal goals are, but we'll help you get there. So when in doubt, you know, sign up. Be curious. Find out what we can do for you. So back to you, Tim, and Don't, I'm going to get to a coaching call. I do, too. I'm six minutes late. But here's, here's the again, everything Julie said, I couldn't say it any better. Uh, literally, there are opportunities that once the market starts to shift will be very difficult for you to uh, take advantage of. I read you an actual email from a listener who they were talking about actual conversations they had with someone who had actual knowledge of what's happening in the lenders. I don't know how to make it any simpler for all of you guys that you need this information. Uh, a year from now, it's going to be too late. You're just going to be another agent once those relationships with the lenders. Now, nobody else is calling them because they're all having their heads in the sand. They don't realize what's going on. You do. Take the action necessary. Fill up that box. Get a relationship going with us. And, uh, hey, we'll get through it together, I promise. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.